It's great to be here again to think about our um, third week in our series looking at Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 and this week we're looking at uh, Jesus the everlasting father. Now it's Christmas time I was wondering how many of you this morning have finished your Christmas shopping. Uh, yeah I don't think we have in the Thomas household but you know we're all looking for that perfect gift aren't we? And when I was younger, um, I was about 10 years old, and I had that perfect gift from my parents. It was, believe it or not, a two-tape deck stereo. It was amazing. Uh, For those of you who are a little bit younger than me uh, this morning, um, the the two-tape deck stereo was amazing. You could listen to the radio, record your songs from the radio, stopping just before the radio advert um, started at the end of the songs, and then you could make your mixtapes, recording from cassette to cassette. It was absolutely fantastic. And I remember about 30 minutes after I had the uh, stereo. I was playing with it. I was on the landing in my house at home with my parents and uh, I thought I'll listen to the radio and I pulled the the aerial up and shock horror, I snapped the aerial off. It was never the same again. And the things that we buy, it's like that, isn't it? They don't last long. But this morning, I wanted to talk to you about the perfect gift, that gift that lasts forever and it's the best gift of Christmas And of course, it comes in the form of a little baby boy. His name, it's Jesus. And he's the reason why we celebrate Christmas. As I said, for the last few weeks, we've been looking at one verse in the Bible written 700 years before the birth of Jesus. And it's that verse we read right at the beginning of this morning's service. I'll read it again for you and the the following verse. It's Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 to 7. For to us, a child is born. To us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Um, Ashley and Mike have explained over the last um, two weeks how Jesus is our wonderful counsellor and mighty God and this morning we're looking at how he's our everlasting father. Uh, Just as a a side note if you want to listen back to what you've missed or maybe you wanted to listen to it again you can do so on our new brand new uh, Romney Chapel app. Um, All you need to do is go to um, the app store whether that's um, on on uh, if you've got an iPhone or an Android device you, device you can download the I know app and then you can register. There's little cards around this morning for you to um, to follow the links on and type in the codes and um, do that. It's going to be a fantastic app if um, uh, you can look at uh, sermons on there. You can look at what's going on at Romney Chapel. Uh, if you're a member here and you're on a rotor to do something, you'll send your reminders uh, to do that as well. But that is our app. So do download that. Um, if you can. So this little baby, our Messiah, our Saviour, our wonderful counsellor, our mighty God, and today we discover that he is also our everlasting Father. So welcome to Remley Chapel. It's fun. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so do download that. We've got our last two week sermons uh, on there from Ashley and Mike. Wonderful counsellor, mighty God. 
everlasting father is what we're looking at this morning and then next week we're going to be finishing the series by looking at Jesus being the prince of peace this little baby is our messiah the one promised 700 years and more um, before he was born that wonderful counselor the mighty god you know we've all had good friends growing up haven't we remember being in school and i always thought that i would be best friends with ross forever i'm not even facebook friends with him now i don't can't even remember his last name but we do want to stay in contact with each other don't we sometimes when we don't hear from people for a long time it hurts and we we wonder where they're going on but like sometimes close friends we just drift away But I want to tell you this morning that Jesus is not like a close friend who ever drifts away. Jesus is everlasting. His name is Everlasting Father. I was thinking this morning, what could I do to kind of prove the point that even the things in the world today that we call everlasting, they don't last forever. A couple of years ago, um, in Youth Club, I say a couple of years ago, it's probably more like eight years ago now, we bought these, can you remember the massive gobstoppers that we bought? And we gave them our everlasting gobstoppers. It was carnage. They, they licked and licked them so much, their mouths were bleeding. It was, it, honestly, it was terrible. I remember Nia, it's just like she'd been massacred. Um, but even the everlasting gobstoppers that we had that last a couple of weeks, they're not everlasting. They're, they're kind of, it's a, it's a bit of the, the word that we, we've we kind of gone, oh yeah, they're everlasting because they last a long time. But they do come to an end. But Jesus, he was there right at the beginning, in fact, before the beginning, and he'll be there forever. He truly is everlasting. We read about him in John chapter 1. John writes this, said, in the beginning was the Word. The Word is a name for Jesus. The Word was with God, and the Word was with God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone the light that shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it he is the eternal that's who jesus is the one that we're worshiping this morning that little baby was god who became human god with skin on his bones he was the creator of time and the universe and everything so we know he's everlasting because that's who jesus is but how is jesus a father to us When we think about the Trinity, when we think about God, we think about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And yet in this bit of scripture, Isaiah describes Jesus as everlasting Father. So how is Jesus like a father? Well, three things. He has a permanent relationship with us. Permanent, it means eternal, forever, without end. Psalm 90 verse 2 says it like this. Before the mountains were born... Or you brought forth the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting. In other words, without end, you are God. And his relationship with us is eternal as well. That's why Jesus came, to reestablish that permanent relationship with us. um, uh, uh, Permanent relationship with us. You know, we've all had friendships, as I said, over the years. Some friends I've known literally for kind of 35 years as far back as I can remember I'm a bit older than that but I can only remember 35 years but sometimes those friendships drift apart and, and we miss them don't we 
But the great thing about Jesus is this. He never loses touch. He never loses interest. He never drifts apart from us. He never outgrows us. He is always there. My favourite verse, he is the same yesterday, today and forever. We can trust in him because he's our everlasting father. His relationship with us is permanent. What kind of relationship does he have? Well, his love towards us is everlasting. Jesus said this, I've, I'm sorry, in Jeremiah it says this about God, I have loved you with an everlasting God. You know, it's a fact this morning that no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you have been, no matter what you're doing right now, God could never love you less and God could never love you more. He chooses to lavish his love on us and his love lasts forever. And he's made a covenant with us. Covenant's a bit of a a Bible word, isn't it? Speaking in Christianese this morning. Jesus has entered into a covenant relationship with us. Another example of a covenant relationship is when you get married and you make that promise to each other until death do us part. But you know the amazing thing about the covenant with God is that there is no clause like that. It's not with Jesus until death do us part because actually we're with Jesus forever. Ezekiel 37, 26 says, I will make a covenant of peace with you. It will be an everlasting covenant. I will establish them, increase their numbers. I'll put sanctuary among them forever. My dwelling place will be with them, those who trust in him. I will be their God and they will be my people. So his love towards us is everlasting. The covenant, the promise that he makes towards us is everlasting. And his salvation that he gives to us is also everlasting. God came to earth to re-establish that relationship. Remember, we started this morning right at the very beginning saying about how in Genesis it was mankind who, who broke away from God. We were created by God and yet chose to ignore him and do things our way. And yet God, in through Jesus, re-establishes and reconnects us to him. And through that relationship with him, if we put our trust in Jesus... We can be delivered from sin. When Jesus saves us, it's important to remember, he saves us forever. John 6 verse 47, Jesus says this, I tell you the truth. And Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. He says, he who believes or she who believes in me has everlasting life. When you enter into that relationship with God by trusting completely and giving your life to Jesus, you can be ensured that his salvation will never ever, ever, ever end. So he has a permanent relationship with us, but he also has a paternal relationship with us. Paternal means like a father. Isaiah, as he said, describes Jesus as the everlasting father. You know, up to this point, only God was referred to as father. As Psalm 89 verse 26, you are my father, my God the rock, my salvation. And yet Jesus himself claims to be like a father to us. In fact, in John 10 uh, verse 30, he says, I and the father are one. He's talking about the fact that he is God. And then just a couple of chapters later in John 14, 9, anyone who's seen me, says Jesus, has seen the father. So Jesus is like a father to us. He does the things that a good father would do. What does 
a father do? What does a good father do? What does an everlasting father do for us? Well, let me tell you four things. Our father gives us life. In a human sense, we're created by our parents, but in a much larger sense, we were created by our heavenly father. John 1 verse 3, through Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So Jesus gives us physical life, but much more important than that, Jesus gives us spiritual life. Again, he goes on, John 5, 24. I tell you the truth, says Jesus, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Our everlasting father, Jesus Christ, gives us everlasting life. What else do dads do? Well, dads give advice, gives you money, absolutely, gives you uh, money, blesses you. That's what Jesus does as well. Jesus blesses you. But, you know, he also gives advice. Now, I'm a dad to at least four children. No, sorry, that's a bad joke. Please take that out. Um, uh, I am a dad to only four children. And uh, I try and give advice. And I remember being a teenage boy and listening to my dad as my dad droned on about giving me advice and help and, and kind of help me to try and get through life. And I was like, oh, this guy... He thinks he knows everything, but he, he knows nothing. And I remember then kind of going away to university and, and, and then dropping out and my dad trying to help me. And I was surprised at that age, it's only a couple of years later, how much my dad had learnt through those years and how wise he all of a sudden had become when I was no longer a teenager. But our father gives us advice. As I said, two weeks ago, Ashley shared with us how Jesus is our wonderful counsellor. We can trust Jesus with everything. We can trust Jesus because he is our wonderful counsellor. Jesus has already been where we're at. He's been alone. He's suffered. He understands what it's like to lose friends. He understands what it's like to be alone. He understands what it's like to be abandoned. Where you are and where you have been and where you are going, Jesus has already been there. He will always be there for us to keep us safe and to protect us from evil. John 10, 27 to 28. Jesus says, my sheep, that's us. Okay, not just Sean this morning and Annabelle and a few other people as well. My sheep listen to my voice. The good shepherd is Jesus. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall not perish. Nobody can snatch them out of my hand. He is our everlasting father who has a permanent and paternal relationship with us. And together those things bring us to my last point that we have or can have a powerful relationship with him. Jesus came to the earth not just to be born as a, a baby so that we can have a happy time at Christmas and, and think about that. He came because he was our Messiah, the everlasting, the true Father. And I know this morning and this Christmas time, as we think about fathers, as we think about people that we love, it can be a difficult time. Some of us have lost our heavenly fathers or our, our husbands or, or, or other relatives as well. Some people here I know have got strained relationships with their fathers or maybe 
don't even know who they are. And for whatever reason, they're no longer around for protection and for love and for advice. And that is powerful. That is that is difficult to deal with. But the great thing about our everlasting Father is all of those things that we may have missed out on, all of those things that maybe we now miss from our fathers who have passed on, is that we can have that relationship with our everlasting Father. God is with us. Emmanuel, that's what it means. We're not alone. God is there to give us that advice. God is there because he loves us. God is with us forever and ever. Businesses and corporations, they don't last, do they? (coughs) Governments and kingdoms don't last. Even people don't last. No matter how much your parents love you, no matter how much your husband or wife cares for you, if you live long enough, there will come a day when they will all leave. You will be abandoned, not by choice, maybe by their death, and their lives will sometime, someday come to an end. And there is nothing that we can do about that. That is life, isn't it? But Jesus is different. Jesus is different. All of the good things that he is to us now and always has been, he will always be all of those things. He will always be our provider. He will always be our protector. He will always be our saviour. He will always be our refuge. He will always be our strength. His love for us will never cease, either in this world or the next. And in him we can have eternal hope, we can have joy, we can have peace, we can have glory. In Christ we will be eternally blessed and secure. Jesus always keeps his promises, even when we don't or can't. He will always be our God. It would be great, wouldn't it, if we could still go to our dads when we feel sad, when the going gets tough. When we need to know we're still loved. When we need some advice or encouragement. But guess what? We still can. Because we have an everlasting father who loves us forever. Psalm 103 verse 17. But from everlasting to everlasting. The Lord's love is with all those who fear him. And his righteousness with their children's children. Now I want to finish with a story. And it's a a really well known story. It's a parable if you like of the separation and reuniting of a father and son. The, the, the father lovingly seeks the return of his son and the son willingly has wandered off and is separated from his father. We all know the story, don't we? Finding Nemo. Uh, it is a powerful story, isn't it? Of love and determination of a caring father. The story of being lost and then found. You know, in, in, the, in the movie, uh, Nemo's father, Marvin, loves him so, so much. He watches over him every day. He protects him from Eve, Marlene, sorry, um, protects him from every evil. And Nemo and his dad were best friends. But one day what happened? Nemo disobeyed his father and he swam beyond the reef. He was suddenly scooped up by a diver and taken away. His disobedience caused him to be separated from his father and there was nothing that he could do to get back to him 
on his own. He ended up in that fish tank in the dentist's office, didn't he? And his situation seemed absolutely harm, uh, absolutely hopeless. But his father loved him so much. What did he do? He, he went off the reef and, and he swam across the ocean. It didn't matter how big, how wide that ocean was. His dad's love was bigger and wider and, and so much more huge than that ocean. He goes on this incredible adventure to save his son and eventually word of his incredible journey reaches little Nemo. Nemo's thrilled about it. He, he, um, he, he knows his father loves him and he, he does everything he can to get back to him. He takes that amazing step of faith. He jumps out of the fish tank, down the drain to the ocean, and eventually Nemo is saved and reunited with his lovingly father. You know, that is the story of God's love for us, minus the fish and the ocean. <laughs> When we disobeyed him, we became separated from him, lost and hopeless. But his love drove him to the cross so he could rescue us permanently. He came down from heaven to earth to rescue us. He made that incredible journey. But here's the catch. Here's the catch. Our reunion with him is dependent on our willingness to return. He is there for those who run to him and cry out to him. That's what the gospel is. That's what the Christmas story is all about. That's what being a Christian is. It's not the place that you live. It's not even the places you hang out. It's not your friends. It's not your family. It's your personal relationship with Jesus this morning. Where are you with Jesus this morning? You know, he invites us this morning to commune with him, to live life with him, to trust in him. To, uh, he invites us to accept him as our saviour, to put our trust and our hope in him. That's the good news of Christmas. Not the fact that a baby was born, although I love the fact that babies are born. But this baby grew up to be a man who came out for a reason, to save us from our sins. The last thing we're going to do together this morning, before we have some tea and coffee and mormon's pies, is we're going to take communion together. And communion is an opportunity for us to be reminded by God of the reason why Jesus came. The, the bread and the wine that we take is actually um, blackcurrant squash, so uh, don't, if, if you don't like wine, that's great. Um, but the bread and the wine that we're going to take together reminds us of the reason that Jesus came. It reminds us of God's love for us. It reminds us that God keeps his promises. No matter the fact that right at the beginning of time, mankind turned away from God. No matter if you've ever turned away from God. The amazing thing is, is that our Father, our everlasting Father, whose love goes on and on and on and on, is waiting for us to turn to Him. And all it takes is one prayer. <coughs> one opportunity, one time for us to turn back to God. I'm going to pray now. and. You might want to pray along in your head. And maybe this is the first time that you prayed it. And you've, you've decided this morning, you know, this Christmas story is too good. It's too good to say no to. This special gift that God is offering you this morning. It's not like my stereo radio that's going to break after 30 minutes. This goes on for everlasting to everlasting. We can trust God. And I promise you, when you put your trust in Jesus, he will never <coughs> let you down.
So maybe pray along with me this morning, if you'd like to. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you that he is our wonderful counsellor. He is mighty God. He is our everlasting Father. And he is the Prince of Peace. And this morning again, Lord, I choose to put my trust in you. This Christmas time, I choose Jesus, the best gift. Lord, I'm sorry for doing things my way. I'm sorry that I let you down. But Lord, I thank you that you love me anyway. You cross not just the ocean, but you cross the universe to be here with me. Lord, I love you. Thank you for Christmas. I thank you for Jesus. And Lord, as we take this, this communion now, as we take this bread and wine, Lord, would you take us back to the cross as we worship you quietly in our hearts, Lord. We thank you for what you've done and for who you are. Amen.